You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What's up, everybody? It's the Junkyard Dogcast. I'm Jake Rowe with Dogs 24-7. With me, Kip Adams, Rusty Mansell. A lot of news to talk about. Uh, big day. Uh, not necessarily in a good way for Georgia uh, folks. And uh, a nine-day honeymoon didn't last very long. Uh, Jermaine Burton uh, has entered the transfer portal. No surprise. JT Daniels has also entered the transfer portal. This comes a day after Georgia got Robert Beal back, lost John Fitzpatrick, uh, you know, Nolan Smith's back, Chris Smith's back. We, we got a lot of those types of things, but I think we really need to just kind of focus on this Jermaine Burton thing and Rusty. Um, to me, uh, also Stetson Bennett is back. Uh, Stetson Bennett announced that he's coming back. I mean, listen, I, I don't think we have to kind of parse anything on this. Jermaine Burton wants to put up numbers. Jermaine Burton wants targets. Jermaine Burton wants to kind of be the man in the offense or, or be in an offense that's going to sling it around more than Georgia's wanting to sling it around. So he's leaving. And I tell you what, man, I, I mean, good on him. I hope he's successful. I'm a big Jermaine Burton fan as a player, but Georgia's won a title. And if you're going to sit there and say, well, they should have threw it to him more. Well, to what end? Maybe they could have won a title. I don't know. But, Rusty, just want to get your thoughts on Jermaine Burton transfer portal. And, Jake, certainly you, you know more about it schematically than I, I do on that side. But when you look at Georgia, I don't think people kind of piece together what they did the last two games. Brock Bowers was playing slot receiver. I mean, he was. they were they were in 12 personnel with Brock Bowers. I'm talking Fitzpatrick and Darnell in the game, and, and then Brock's out in the slot. So when that happens, you take you take away snaps from guys like Jermaine Burton and Kiaris Jackson um, in, in certain formations. So, you know, Jermaine Burton, he wants to be Brock Bowers. He wants to be the guy in the offense. Jermaine Johnson left the University of Georgia because he wanted to be the guy. He didn't want to rotate with anybody. I have no problem with that. He went to Florida State. It worked out for Georgia. It worked out for Jermaine Johnson. Um, Jermaine Burton, he wants to be the guy. He wants to be the number one wide receiver. He wants to be the guy that gets the touches. Have no problem with that. In this day and age, you can leave. Now, does it hurt Georgia? Yes, it hurts Georgia. Not sure, Code Nap, because I've picked Jermaine Burton on here maybe more times than anybody's played a game. I love his top end speed, ball skills. You know, he's been banged up. I don't think if he was banged up as much, people would understand what type of receiver he can be. But in this day and age, if you have the mindset of I want to be the guy, you're going to go somewhere where you can be the guy. Um, And, you know, you can beat around the bush and say this and say that. But Jermaine Burton, you know, from everybody I've talked to, this has been going on about a week and a half now and um, right after the national championship and, and, um, you know, he wants to go somewhere where he can get more touches and be a more, you know, kind of a more lead role in offense. And, you know, I get it. I, I get it. You just won a title. And so that's checked off. Now do what you can to put up, you know, numbers. Now do what you can. To, and, and I see that side of it. Also, I also would have seen the side of it that, I mean, listen, man, there are – you don't have to throw 1,400 yards up to get drafted in the top 50 picks or be a first-round pick in the NFL draft. I mean – 
AJ Green never had a thousand yard receiving dude just season, and and he went in the top five, I think, or top six or whatever. I mean, you know, ultimately you can get it done both ways, but he's a guy that wants to go out there and put up some big numbers, and and that's the way it is. Kip, what do you see as far as this impact Jermaine Burton entering the portal? Yeah, I mean, it, Georgia's losing probably their most, I, w- I don't want to say talented, just all-around most dynamic wideout on the roster right now. He was that guy that it doesn't matter where you line him up, he had the ability to get open, get separation, and get yards after the catch. I mean, it it goes on saying he he led the team in, in his average yards per reception. It was over 19 yards. I don't think anyone else really cr- crossed the uh, – you know, the, the 16 yards per catch mark, except for when, you know, the, the few that George Pickens got at the end and then the three catches that Arian Smith uh, got before he went down for the year, they, they were all obviously big plays as well. But just that consistent guy to, to get open and, and to really, you know, not just move the chains, but to make big plays for Georgia, that, that was Jermaine Burton. So, I mean, on Georgia's end, someone else has to step up and fill that role. And, I mean, if you could just kind of look at it overall, you guys have obviously said that he wants to be the man. And for Georgia this past season, I mean, the man was Brock Bowers. He was Georgia's, you know, top pass catcher. And, you know, you can list him as a tight end and say that Georgia's maybe lost their most talented wide receiver, but they they still have a talented pass catcher and arguably the best tight end in the country in Brock Bowers. And he's going to go into year two as the man. He's a guy that if it's Stetson Bennett, if it's Brock Vandegrift, whoever's at quarterback, uh, Brock Bowers is going to get a lot of attention, and the quarterback at Georgia is going to know they can depend on Brock Bowers. And, and I mean, the the fourteen touchdowns. I mean, you can't overlook the fact that the numbers that Jermaine Burton wants to put up, Brock Bowers put them up. He was the guy. So uh, you know, for for Georgia at the wide receiver position, it's just about having other guys step up. Obviously, Ad Mitchell's going to go into year two with a lot of confidence, having made you know the the biggest catch uh, by a wide receiver for Georgia in that national championship game. Lab McConkey made a lot of plays. I mean, they they have guys in the roster that have talent, but I mean, you want to have as many uh, talented pass catchers as as you possibly can. And Georgia's got some recruits coming in as well. They're going to be able to, to potentially make an impact similar to Lab McConkey and A.D. Mitchell last year, but it's a big loss. But then at the same time, I mean, the portal taketh away and the portal can still giveth. I mean, Kirby can go right back into that portal after the spring and potentially get him, you know, a big time wide receiver Maybe in the spring game, Georgia's passing attack looks pretty stout. He's able to sell that, and and Georgia brings in a guy that can replace Jermaine Burton and be that guy for Georgia today. You know, obviously it looks tough coming off a national championship, but Georgia's still the the defending national champions, and Kirby Smart's still the guy that's going to go. probably knew this was coming and is probably going to prepare on replacing him on the roster the best way he can possibly. I'll say this real quick. We look at this time last year, Jake and Kip, Georgia was losing Tyreek Stevenson. And remember, that went back and forth and back and forth. And he wanted to play corner. And Georgia started him at corner, if I'm correct, in the in the uh, Peach Bowl against Cincinnati. So, you know, we look at that and we all acknowledge that was a pretty big loss. We didn't want to sugarcoat that either with Tyreek Stevenson, who would have started this year for Georgia, probably at nickel, but or start. And you go back and you see what happens four or five months later, they pick up Darian Kendrick. And we can go, we could have another podcast about how good Darian Kendrick. So what Kip just said 
was spot on. The portal giveth and it taketh. So there's a lot left here for Georgia. They got a lot of spots. They're going to be very picky. Don't uh, Jermaine Burton losing is not helping Georgia, but it doesn't mean it's the end of the world because they can go back in May and maybe pick up the number one wide receiver in the portal. You see what happens, but you don't know how these things are going to unfold. But when we're covering Tyreek Stevenson last year at this time. It was bad news. It happened to be Darian Kendrick coming in June answered that question. Jake, you're hit that unmute button, Jake. Let's uh, go. Uh, it's, too, it's too late at night, man. We're almost past my bedtime. Uh, you were also doing that off an eight and two season um, with a squeak by win and Chick Fil A bowl over a group of five team. George's coming off a national championship, and there are folks embarrassing themselves. Okay, there are folks embarrassing themselves over this. And listen, I'm not big on like calling out fans for being fans, but slow your roll a little bit because Kip said Kip said something, and I, I know he didn't mean it the way it sounded, but he said it looks bad coming off a national championship. Nothing looks bad coming off of anything right now. Georgia just won a national championship. Get over yourselves a little bit, okay? I mean, at the end of the day, uh, listen, the offense wasn't quite as – it's still one of the best offenses in school history, okay? One of the most one of the most explosive and efficient you've had in, in the history of the program. One of the best scoring offenses you've had in the history of the program. And you just beat Alabama 38, 33-18 in the national championship game. I know the defense was good. And I know the defense set you up for some of the stuff that happened for you this year. Offense also scored a lot of points. But at the end of the day, you just want a title. And it may not have been quite as pretty as you wanted on offense. You didn't have three 1,000-yard receivers. But get over it. You just want a title. Just calm down. Let they, it play out. Stop Stop declaring the program over. I mean, you want to fire somebody right now or change everything right now? Flip. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't get it, guys. I just don't get it. I said this about Stetson Bell tonight, when Georgia needed him the most, when Georgia needed Stetson Bennett the most, when this fan base, when that team, when every hope was on the Georgia Bulldogs and they were down, he went four for four. And and he threw, you know, it was a great, smart play with a penalty to throw it up for Mitchell, who made a hell of a play. Uh, but he's four for four when Georgia needed him the most. So we're going to have all offseason with that, Jake. And, and I, I think, you know, the knee-jerk reaction about Georgia, this roster's built pretty damn deep, and we all know how deep this roster is. Um, I think people are just extremely upset tonight, and as they get through and, and, and think this over a little bit, there's not a person on Georgia's roster like Arian Smith, period. There's not a player like him. Got to stay healthy, but yeah. He's got to get healthy, okay? But you got to give that guy a chance to get back. Eric Gilbert is a guy who's the biggest jump, the best jumbo athlete I've ever covered. He's back at Georgia. Now, he's got to get himself mentally there, physically there, but he's got nine months before he plays Oregon. So, you know, we're not sugarcoating some things, but I think people are a little bit overreacting. This isn't, this isn't um, a roster built where – the top 25 players are elite, and after that, it's not. This thing is deep, deep, and that's why people are going other places to play. I mean, Alabama lost nine or ten, I think, or nine, if I'm correct. People are going somewhere to play because they're in a and they're in, in a in a roster too deep. So I think there's a lot of knee-jerk reaction tonight. I don't think uh, Stetson Bennett coming back is a is a big piece. You got experienced quarterback coming back. But I absolutely think that's going to be a quarterback battle in the spring, and it will be in the fall. That's not a dead set deal that Stetson Bennett is going to start 14 games or 15 games for Georgia. 
But I'll tell you this, every time they've tried to kick that kid to the curb, he's answered the bell. And he's gotten better. He's got better 2020 20 to 2021. He played some of his best football in the playoff. And I know he struggled some in that, in that first half of the, of the national championship game. I mean, you know, there's some stuff came out about it. Maybe he was injured. He was flexing his wrist, whatever. But here's the deal, too. Having Stetson Bennett just on the roster raises the floor of your football team. And, you know, if somebody beats him out, somebody beats him out, and that's great. But he raises the floor of your football team. You know you're going to be really good with him at quarterback. You know what you can accomplish with him at quarterback. And we'll see how it goes. But, I mean, listen, you don't go you don't go tossing guys out and telling guys they got to leave and making promises. And, I mean, screw with your culture when you do that if, if, if it takes it to try and change everything to keep one guy. Okay? And that's just the way it goes. Let's take a break here real quick, and uh, on the other side, we've got a few little recruiting nuggets and maybe a little bit more transfer talk. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right. Uh, any more, Rusty, anything else you find interesting about who's staying, who's going? I wanted to hit on that before we got into the recruiting nuggets. I can tell you what, when you get off here, you can go to Twitter and see what Jamari Sawyer and Cedric Van Pran are all tweeting right now about some of the comments they're reading about Stetson Bennett. And that'll tell you a lot of, of, of how they feel about a guy that just won the national championship in that locker room. So, um, you know, I said with the knee-jerk reactions, that's part of it, but – it's like Jake said, man, you need to slow your roll. These players read this. People read this. I mean, it's just – it's crazy. But these are the guys that strapped it up nine days ago and won the national championship at Georgia. And some of their tweets right now, they're, they're hitting home pretty hard. Um, as far as portal, uh, I, and people are asking me about Caleb Williams. Um, and I've said from the start, I've never heard anything serious enough with Georgia and Caleb Williams. Do I think Georgia would take Caleb Williams? I would – absolutely, I think they would take him. But – I don't think it ever got to that point. Um, you know, they've got a room. They've got guys. And, uh, you know, I told you guys off the air, UCLA is a team I would watch. And UCLA is on quarters. And they don't start back to, like, March the 3rd. This guy hadn't announced yet. Georgia's been long closed drop ad for since Friday, I think. So, um, you know, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on that. But I keep getting questions about Caleb Williams. And I never say never, but I would be very, 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 very surprised if Caleb Williams ended up at Georgia. Um, they've got Brock Vandergriff, Gunnar Stockton, Carson Beck, currently all these guys. So I uh, just want to address that real quick. And I mean, he's a freak show athlete quarterback too, but um, I just want to address that real quick. But um, with, with a portal, here, here's my, here's my thing. We all saw Darnell Washington take everything Georgia off his Instagram. Okay. That's part of the world we live in. We have to pay attention to that as well. And 
school started, he enrolled, confirmed that. He was at the national championship celebration. Jake, you were there. Uh, Monday or Sunday, we I think we reported he had a meeting with Kirby Smart. Several players did. And I think Monday afternoon, everything Georgia was back on his Instagram. I mean, that's just the world we live in. So I can say right now, I don't see anybody else going in the portal as of now. Now, after spring practice, that thing heats right back up again. Yep. That's, also, that's also where you, you find out as a staff, hey, X amount of players we like, and we got X amount of spots. We got to try to get X amount of people here. So when we broke the Darian Kendrick, Eric Gilbert news, both of those young men were enrolling the day summer school started. So there'll be another round of portal. But as of right now, I think everybody that is at Georgia stays at Georgia. But there'll be some more subtractions after spring practice, and we'll see how that goes. There'll also be some additions, uh, you know, three or four, in my opinion, uh, at some point in May and early June. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that'll be th- – those will be really cool to keep an eye on. Those will be really key to Georgia's season. I think now that Georgia's looking at 11 wide receivers, they're probably going to want to add a wide receiver um, in, in the portal as of right now, maybe two. Um you know, they're going to, you know, we talked about outside linebacker. We talked about safety. Um, you know, if I think if the right defensive lineman was available, the right defensive end type body was available, they would probably take a look at that too. I mean, the, Georgia's got a good enough roster that it's best available in a lot of instances. Um, so that's something they can look at. Kip, uh, real quick before we move into recruiting nuggets, anything stand out to you in staying and going uh, as far as guys leaving and staying? Uh, anybody really jump out to you is, is, really crucial you mentioned i mean earlier about jermaine johnson transferring to florida state you know how big was it robert beal in the portal comes back to georgia leads the team in sacks has a sack in basically every game the last five games of the championship season he's coming back and you're getting nolan smith for a fourth year so you now you you've got some guys with experience at that position and i mean Toward the the second half of the season, that was that was becoming kind of a big question mark for Georgia. Yeah. You know, are they getting the kind of production from that position that they needed to be able to make that run that they did? And I mean, I, no one and and Robert Bill both stepped up big time uh, toward the end of the season, and and I think you have that kind of momentum you can carry over, and and for them to be the leaders on this defense, and if just sticking right with that, I mean, Chris Smith and and William Poole coming back. You know, and, and getting Tyke Smith, that gives you some guys on that back end of the secondary that, that you know have a lot of experience as well. Maybe if if that's the three that they tried out there, you know, maybe they add a guy in the transfer portal. Maybe Malachi Starks ends up coming in and picking up the playbook immediately. Maybe they have a different guy out there. But if they have those three guys back out there at safety and star, they're a little undersized, but I mean, those guys are experienced and, and they fly to the football. So. Uh, the, the I thought that, I mean, those were the kind of the the moves that stood out to me this week as we tried to watch and see what direction everyone was going to go. We knew a lot of guys were going to leave for the NFL because there's a lot of guys going to get drafted. I mean, I think it's pretty strong chance Georgia, you know, gets into the double digits as far as guys being drafted and probably sets a new program mark uh, in, in the 2022 draft as well. But I think those were big time. The other transfers were guys that really weren't getting as much playing time early on, and that's that's going to be normal uh, just every year in college football now. 
like you said, last year Georgia had 11 guys transfer out. I think that right now we're at what uh, seven? Are we at seven guys that are transferring out right now? There's going to probably be a couple more before or after spring ball. Uh, it, it's that's just the way it is. That is how the, the the roster attrition happens now. But now, I mean, Georgia being able to replace those guys with incoming transfers and, and kind of not have them be initial counters. And that's going to help Kirby Smart too. And, and you, I mean, you should definitely trust the fact that he's going to maximize those spots because it's the only thing. I mean, it's one thing that he's done since he got to Georgia is maximizing the 85, maximizing the roster and talent acquisition. So I think we're going to have more guys leave. But I, I, as Rusty said, I think after spring ball, they're going to have some impact guys come in. He's not going to have guys transfer in just to have them be, you know, the third string safety or, you know, be the fifth or sixth wide receiver. I think he's probably going to bring guys in who sh should be able to come in and compete and start for Georgia. So I mean, that's just, that's just part of it. And I really don't think big picture uh, that this is going to be something that, that Kirby smart loses a lot of sleep over because I think he's already probably got a plan in place and he'll be waiting to see which guys are available in the transfer portal later this year. Robert Beal went from December the 11th, December 12th, 2019, being in the transfer portal, to January the 18th, announcing he's coming back for a sixth season in a Georgia uniform. I mean, Robert Beal doesn't talk enough for that to be a cool story, you know, to be able to actually tell that story because Robert Beal, um, who probably has a career in, in like movie promos because his voice <laughs> is so deep, okay, <laughs> Um, he, he but he can't do it because he won't talk, he won't speak more than three or four words at a time. He's just a super quiet guy. But leads Georgia in sacks as a fifth year senior coming back. And listen, I think George fans should be really excited about that one because that I mean, the kid really turned it on there late in the year. And uh, you know, again, Kib, you we brought up that outside linebacker position. I don't want to get in the weeds here, but getting Nolan Smith and Robert Beal back gives you a chance to bring along Marvin Jones Jr. and Darius Smith and Chaz Chambliss and whoever else you want to play at that position because now you've got some breathing room there um, and, and, a, and an ability to create some class separation and kind of stock that position back up when it had gotten a little bit thin. Uh, Rusty, recruiting nuggets here real quick. I know you've got one on a running back. Can you also tell us kind of who's left on the board here for the first Wednesday in February? Well, obviously, I think a lot of eyes are on Shamar Stewart, pass rusher, five-star out of South Florida. He'll be in town this weekend, and, uh, you know, he's he's that guy. He's one of those elite pass rushers, and, you know, I've said on Dogs 247, I think he had, I think he ends up in Miami, but Georgia's going to have him and his family on campus all weekend. Christian Miller, uh, you know, defensive lineman out of Cedar Grove. Um, he was in Oregon last weekend. I think he goes to Florida A&M this weekend. Uh, he's already – he has been to Georgia so many times, and he's not taken an official, uh, but he does have a in-home visit left for Kirby Smart, so we'll try to see when that's going to take place next week at some point. Ohio State, he has visited uh, official, but he has an in-home with them. He was at Oregon this weekend. I mean, I think Oregon's kind of mixed, but in the day, this is going to be Ohio State-Georgia battle. I think uh, one of the things I've been chasing today, Jordan James, running back, got a chance to see at the All-American Bowl, long-time commit to Georgia. Did not sign um, early, and uh, I, I think he ends up in his class from everything I've heard. I know Florida State's involved. 
trying to get him on campus. I know Oregon's a team, ironically, Dan Lanning. Oregon's a team, you know, he's hearing from Notre Dame is a team he's hearing some from too. But end of the day, uh, so far from what I hear, I think he ends up in this class uh, as running back. Dell McGee, I think, was up there or be up there tomorrow for a, for a visit with him. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that. But I'll tell you this much, um, and we've never touched on this, but I want to get one quick comment from you, Jake, on this. I didn't want to talk about it because it's almost like the baseball jinx when a pitcher's got a no-hitter, you don't talk about it. You don't want to bring it up. But, Jake, do you ever see a team play with three inside linebackers for 80% of the season? I mean, if somebody had an ankle sprain, they're playing a true freshman. I mean, because Brian Davis is gone, Tresman yeah. Morris is gone. I mean, they were so thin. Had Channing Tindall – think about it, Channing Tindall had a high ankle. I mean, they had to play Smile Munden or Jamon Dumas-Johnson in a national championship with no star. I mean, I kept thinking every week. I didn't want to bring it up because you don't bring those things up. But I thought, man, they are dang, they are so thin at inside backer with all those guys hurt. I'm talking season-ending deals. So, it was amazing to me, those guys. I don't know if you've seen one like that, Jake, how long a team played with three they backers. Were, they, were, they, they were this close from having to like roll with two of them for a long for I mean to just ride them until they couldn't hardly breathe and then maybe run somebody in there for a couple plays crazy uh, it was yeah you're right it, it was definitely it was definitely touch and go there at the inside linebacker position and uh, Georgia just got such high level play out of those guys all year long and especially in the biggest game of the year um, those guys really showed up Kip any recruiting notes for us anything you want to bring up when's Georgia going to sign Arch Manning all that stuff <laughs> oh man i mean they just saw him play basketball the other night yeah you know you when you bring four coaches out to a basketball game for you know it does show that they're serious about arch manning i mean that's been obviously anytime his name gets bring brought up everyone you know wants to talk about whether georgia has a serious chance i don't think you take that many coaches to a basketball game where a guy, I think he, he's playing like 15, 16 minutes. You know, he's not – I don't think he, he's a starter the last I checked on the Newman roster. But, I mean, that's not really the point. They're going out there to make sure he knows uh, that he's a priority for them. And that's what they showed. They, I mean, they basically made it known, hey, we want you to be our quarterback in this class. So, I, I, I mean, obviously other schools want to get him as well. I mean, Texas, Alabama, Clemson – Ole Miss, they're all going to be battling for him. But, uh, I mean, I think we can go ahead and lock it in that Arch Manning is a serious uh, target for Georgia in that quarterback class. Buster Faulkner, obviously, is huge in his recruitment. Matt Luke, I mean, Kirby Smart, they, they both have relationships with the Mannings. I mean, they're going to make a, a big push for him. But it's not the only place Georgia's coaching staff's been. They, they've been at, it seems like they've been all over the country this week. I've been trying to track them. They spent a lot of time in Texas. They've been down in South Florida. Uh, Todd Harley spent a lot of time in Arizona the other day, and I'm over there try, trying to see where he's going to see. And the man's already got two tight ends committed for 2023. Uh, and lo and behold, he's visiting tight ends in Arizona because Arizona's loaded at tight ends for, for the 2023 cycle. And, the number one tight end of the country, uh, according to the 24-7 sports uh, composite, Deuce Robinson in uh, Pinnacle High School in Phoenix, Phoenix, Arizona. I mean, Todd Todd visited his school. He's going to make uh, every 
tight ends coach in the country sweat, regardless of how many tight ends he has on board, because it looks like he's trying to just lock and load that that room for maybe, you know, maybe they're willing to run, uh, you know, four and five tight end personnel out there if he has his way. Not only that, he also visited another tight end in Arizona, uh, one, of the, one of the more talented guys in the country, Jackson Bowers. And when you have a name like Jackson Bowers, obviously the fan base is already wondering if, if, if Todd Harley can bring another Bowers into the uh, position room there. He's 6'5", 225 pounds, a, a top 10, top 15 tight end in the country. So it's pretty obvious that, that Todd Hartley is just going to continue to recruit his position. He doesn't. He's not worried about how many guys he has. He's trying to sign every tight end of the country, so uh, I think, you know, the I, I think he's wanting to go ahead and just get the next three to four cycles done for. But other than that, I think for Georgia, I mean, I know Glenn Schumann visited EJ Lightsey Light out of Fitzgerald. You know, that's a that's a, a guy that former Florida commit. I think he's a little underrated out there. If they're going to add another guy to this twenty uh, twenty two class, he could be a guy that's possibly in there along with Christian Miller, as Rusty pointed out. They have three guys committed right now. He mentioned Jordan James. Dylan Bell just got a visit from Georgia as well. He's already announced he plans to uh, go ahead and sign in February with, with Georgia and Darius Smith. So if Georgia's able to get their their three guys and then add a guy like Christian Miller, maybe EJ to the fold, I think they've got a good chance of passing Alabama and moving up to that number two class in the country. Big fan of EJ Lightsey, personally. Really, really mm-hmm. like what I saw out of him out of state playoffs. And I, I know um, I know a couple coaches, uh, one up at the University of Michigan, who is a very big fan of EJ Lightsey as a linebacker. He'll be, he'll be in Athens this weekend, too. Yeah, yeah, for official visit. Down from Fitzgerald, we know uh, we know they grow them right down in Fitzgerald uh, in that area. Uh, listen. Tucker Pruitt. Yeah, Rusty. If you if you hear anything wrong here, correct me. Okay, if you hear anything you disagree with, correct me. But this is my last thought before we close the show. Um, wide receivers coach position is open. I would be pretty surprised at this point if Georgia shuff, if Georgia plays the shell game here. If they shuffle some guys around, I really get the impression, Rusty, that they will hire a wide receivers coach. They will go that. out and get a guy to do that. I don't think they're going to move Todd Munkin. Or, you know, Buster Faulkner, you know, I don't think that's going to happen. As of right now, things can change. But I get the impression that they're going to go out, they're going to get them a wide receivers coach, a guy that's a proven, you know, guy and a guy that they feel like can recruit. I'm not necessarily going to say he's a proven recruiter, but a guy that they feel like can recruit, and they kind of judge that themselves. And there's no, going to be no hurry. I know, I know Somebody brought up today that they thought Jamila Dye was a quick hire. Ten days. That was 10 days from Charlton Warren leaving to them hiring Jamal Adai. Yeah. If you look back when they hired Charlton Warren, it felt like three months. Um, so they're, you know, they're not going to be in a hurry. Here's the no. reason why. The receiving class is is done for – and the next guy, will be, next guy will be bringing in, you know, a portal guy probably. Um, you got – you know, obviously there's rumors with Todd Monk in the NFL. Well, you know, is a coordinator going to be gone? You know, a coordinator comes in, maybe he wants his own wide receiver guy. So I think uh, I heard um, Chris Mortensen today on the Buck Baloo show say that if Munkin goes to NFL, that Georgia will probably hear something by the end of next week. Now, if I'm Kirby Smart, maybe I'm waiting on that decision to see who my coordinator, because this gets more attractive. Jake and Kip know this. If I can bring Jake Rowe with me, I want to bring who Jake Rowe wants to bring him to run his. Don't do that. You'll lose your job. <laughs> I heard you're pretty good in that, that them Thursday Cedar Grove and Cedar Shoals games, but we'll talk about that on another one. 
Uh, anyway, you, you want a guy, maybe maybe that's what's going on. But, you know, I have interviewed Heinz Ward. I have sat in Heinz Ward's house before, which is an unbelievable basement. This guy's basement is incredible. It's, it's got the, the, the Dancing with the Stars golden ball thing right there, which is incredible. As he should. I mean, that thing is sitting there. And then, oh, by the way, the Super Bowl MVP is to the left of that. I'm like, man, you got to be kidding me. But I've asked him before, and I'll tell you this. I've never sat on the board. I think it's going to be Heinz Ward, but I know from a long time he wanted to coach at Georgia at some point. So I think that Kirby is going to probably best is if it's ever going to happen, I believe it's this time. The opportunity's there. Will it happen? I don't know, but the opportunity is there, you know. So, uh, but there's uh, so many people trying to get this job, man. And, and you know, what decision will he make? What decision will Kirby Smart make? And who's the coordinator? So there's a lot of things going on uh, there. But I do. I'm, I'm confident that Hans Ward would want to coach at Georgia. Uh, he's in the college level. He's kind of cut his teeth, you know, at, at where he's at now. So Terrence Edwards is the guy I keep people keep talking about. And I spent a lot of time around Terrence Edwards, a lot of time. He is one of the best wide receiver coaches that I've been around. I'll be honest with you. Now, does he want to take that step to the collegiate level? I've never asked him. But that's a name that gets thrown around too. So we'll see. I know the Georgia fans, it's Hines Ward every day, Hines Ward every day. We'll see what happens with that. But I, I, I'm saying like I said on the board, Jake and, and Kip, this is a very, very attractive job, a very attractive job uh, with some young guys that can play and, and some guys that are coming in. So I don't think Georgia's going to be in, in too big a hurry, in my opinion. I'll tell you what, I think we got a guy in our comments, a guy named Munkin's Headset that's kind of having some fun with folks. He said Hines Ward ain't coming. Listen, if Georgia wants Hines Ward, Hines Ward's at Florida Atlantic right now, dude. If Georgia wants him, they could probably get him. Yeah, More than likely, they'll get him. So, I, I, I talked to Hines before he ever got into college, and I remember him saying, man, you know, we can do officials right here at my house. Oh, by the way, in Roswell, I said, Hines, they, they, don't, they don't do officials in the house, bro. Nah. <laughs> no, man, they don't do them from Athens to Roswell. Uh, you would have to move at some point. So, uh, you know, I, I I never thought he would get in college. I'll tell you this: I had another guy no, tell me. I, I had another guy tell me that uh, he would uh, he he wants to go. Then he has a big out in NFL right now. So, you know, maybe he makes that jump to NFL. Maybe he's been in college. Go. You know what? Maybe I need to go to the NFL. So we'll see. Uh, but behind this, I'll say this: he is serious about his coaching uh, his coaching um, career. And this is, you know, it'll be, it'll be interesting how that plays out. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we'll have it all covered for you over here at Dogs 24-7. But for this episode of the Junkyard Dogcast, that's all we got. I'm Jake Rowe with Dogs 24-7. They're Kip Adams and Rusty Mansell. From the same place, y'all take it easy. Take it easy.